Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. I have another interview episode for you today. Told you I was going to deliver on another interview series. I know it's been a while, but here, these are great, aren't they? I hope they're as fun for you to listen to as they are for me to get to record. So without further ado, I want to get right into today's episode. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up, a little bit of a warning that my guest today is a mother of four. So we had a little bit of chaos that we were working through since so many of you who listen to this are mothers, especially of younger kids. I know you can understand and empathize that sometimes you just got to work through the chaos. I did my best to edit out as much of the background noise and disruption as possible, but you just can't edit out life. Sometimes it just happens. So bear with me and I hope you like the episode. Tell me who you are, where you're from, what council, how you're involved in Girl Scouts, and if you're specifically involved with a troop, tell me a little about your troop. My name is Samantha Heron. I am actually the troop administrator of Troop 20530 and the Council of the Southern Appalachians in the Little River Service Unit, which is in East Tennessee. And I'm also a member of our service unit team. And our troop is currently a multi-level troop. We have started as a first-year daisy troop, and we weren't going to be multi-level, but I have multiple daughters. My daughter was born during cookie season of my older daughter's first year. Yes, in the middle of cookie season, as in March. (laughs) And so now she's a first-year daisy herself, and my older daughter is a first-year cadet. So I have everything from daisies to cadets now. I've done it twice. (laughs) Yes, my youngest is now three, and she tried to come in March. We ended up actually end up having her after cookie season, but went into labor for an entire month before she was born. It was put on bed rest in the middle of cookie season again. As if cookie season isn't already enough. Okay, so what do you do for your service team? I am actually in charge of publicity, so I tried to get the word out about Girl Scouts, the great activities we do. Let our community know that we are more than just Girl Scout cookies. So do you have tips or suggestions or best practices for people about that? Well, our council actually has a form that we can use as a publicity thing, but I actually kind of skip that and reach out directly to a local reporter at our local newspaper. And I've developed quite a report with her. She's visited one of our day camps. She sent uh, photographers to our World Thinking Day, which was what my girls did bronze in their first year of juniors. They, for their bronze award, they hosted Thinking Day for our service unit. So I contacted a reporter and had them come out with a photographer. And we just try to get the word out when any of our girls are doing a bronze award, silver award, gold award. I contact them if they're doing big community service projects. I directly contact this particular reporter. I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. I thought I'd give you a heads up if you'd like to attend. And if she can't make it, I send pictures afterwards. And so was this somebody that you already knew or how did you make this connection with this person? I actually went to our our Daily Times newspaper website and got her email address directly. And I emailed a couple of different reporters and the head of the newspaper like the editor so that I could get someone it just took a little digging around but we've actually got a couple reporters that now work with us as you know the coronavirus hit during cookie season and they actually did our local paper did something for our troops that had a whole bunch of cookies because we lost our last week of cookie season they did a front page spread we had our service unit set up an email address for customers to email directly what they wanted for cookies. And we sent it to the trips that had extra cookies in stock. And they met one-on-one with these people and delivered their cookies and took the payments. And our service unit didn't end up with extra cookies this year. Most of the council did, but ours didn't. Our service unit has been great in helping all these trips. So none of the trips had a financial hardship due to 
cookies being canceled early. I love everything about this. I think, unfortunately, so many people who were were negatively impacted um, for cookies for this past season have already faced that financial hardship. But depending on what's allowed in your council, if you're listening, if you are still sitting on cookies and you already had to pay for them, find out if you're, what you're able to do about that. I know my council will a lot of times allow us to keep selling until essentially we're sold out or the expiration date, whichever one comes first. So if that's still an option and, and you're still working through cookie hardship in your council, this is a really cool thing to check with your council about and see if it's something you might be able to do. But even outside of that, we still have cookies this coming year that we have to think about and what the heck that's going to look like, which of course, there's no reason to get too stressed about that yet. It's so far away, but it's something to keep in mind. And outside of cookies, I think every single person who listens to this needs to take note and think about how they can get the word out about great things Girl Scouts do besides cookies and camp because we really are so much more. So remind me, I don't know if you said this, I already can't remember, how large is your troop? Well, honestly, we've lost a lot of girls. So I have three cadets, one junior and two daisies right now, but we are open to expanding to more, probably up to 15 girls. Um, we've always been a relatively small troop. We went up to 15 girls a couple years ago, and then we had a huge issue and lost a lot of girls due to situations, but we are opening back up. We've been a small troop, but I, and I think it's been fun. I would like to open the experience up to more girls. We, I've just added two new girls to my troop. One, the, both my daisies. One's my daughter and one is a neighbor of one of the little girls. So we're trying to spread the word and get Girl Scouts bigger and invite more girls along. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I think retention's always an issue. And I think, um, especially with the coronavirus stuff, I think a lot of people are facing some pretty serious retention issues. Having that big of an age gap, because I empathize, I have the same situation, having that big of an age gap, especially with a smaller group, how do you manage doing multi-level? Like, what do your troop meetings look like? Well, what I try to do is I try to work on similar badge work. I kind of break it down simpler for the daisies and I try to correlate what I'm doing with them and with what the older girls are doing so they don't feel left out and to be honest I actually have a couple of girl sprouts in my troop I know it is an unofficial program that's not recognized by GSUSA it is in some councils but it is not here so we try to do some preschool type level stuff with those two younger sisters my uh, youngest daisy was a girl sprout for three years she grew up with girl scouts she's already said she's a girl scout since pretty much the time she could talk she has known the Girl Scout promise since she was about three years old. So she is all about Girl Scouts. And the little sister is following in her footsteps. She's learning the promise now. So what I try to do, since it is a huge age group, I try to adjust things for the younger girls to co coincide with the older girls. Because a lot of the badges ha are progressive. As they get older, they just build upon what they've already done. So I just add more steps for the older girls and they actually help the younger girls. If your troop successfully expands, like let's say this year we're able to return to pretty normal meetings and events and such, and you are able to recruit and grow your troop since you said you're open to new girls, how will you prob probably try to keep that structure or do you think you would do more separation by level? Well, we've done more separation by level in the past. When I had juniors, two years ago when we had the 15, we had juniors, daisies, and brownies. The Daisies and Brownies met with an, one of my co-leaders who since has moved off, so she left the troop. We separated it out, two different rooms. They did two different activities. 
because it's easier to, to match the daisies and brownies than it is to the older girls sometimes. And we had the older girls working on their bronze award. So, you know, they really needed a lot of concentration on doing their journey and then working on this planning thinking day. But I would like to actually keep the same structure that I have. It's easier for me because I don't have to worry about somebody else leading the other girls and planning different meetings for everyone. That's the problem. When you have multi-level, if you don't have enough parent involvement, which my parents are great at helping, but they don't like planning because it intimidates most people. And so I'd like to keep it the same structure. Plus, the older girls are getting older, and it's time that they start leading more, to be honest. Girl Scouts is a girl-led experience. And in order for them to develop the proper leadership skills, they need to be leading. And so they're working, my older girls are working at looking at the new requirements because we just got them in. I just ordered them, yay, cadets, you know, we're bridging, which we haven't had a bridging ceremony yet. They will be bridging in the fall due to the restrictions on size meetings and things like that even though we actually fall under my parents always stay so that puts us over which is great you know parents staying and being involved I love that that is one of the most important things is that a parent can do even if they are not a troop leader is stay involved with the girls troop leaders need help they don't ask for it it's hard to say hey will you do this when you know everyone is as busy as you are. My thing is, I'd like to keep it level, but I'd also like to let the older girls, for the daisies, read them the pedal stories, you know, and develop their leadership because they've done it. They know this stuff. They're Girl Scouts. The multi-level thing is so interesting because I think so many of us who grew up in Girl Scouts have a pretty narrow view of what it means to be in a troop being single level. And so the idea of doing multi-level, I mean, multi-level troops always look different. Everybody kind of does different things. And so I like to get some insight. Speaking of, were you a Girl Scout growing up? I was for a little bit. I moved around a lot when I was younger. And so I was for about a year. I don't remember a whole lot of it. I do know we were all the same age. I don't even remember selling cookies. I mean, I wasn't hugely involved. Um, at that time, I was more involved in 4-H. Once my now cadet wanted to become a first year daisy in kindergarten, I really stepped in. The troop was already formed. I stepped in as uh, the troop treasurer when our treasurer moved off. And eventually I ended up taking over the troop. Most of the original girls have left. I've only got my daughter and one other original girl left. I've stepped in and I've volunteered more and more. And each year I've added more responsibility, stepping up with our service unit. I know I told you I do publicity for the service unit, but I also work on help planning activities for both younger girls and older girls. Our service unit um, realizes there's not as many actual activities for the older girls to do. So we've tried to um, step in and fill that gap for these older girls and do um, once a month. We've always tried to do one interaction for the older girls and one for the younger girls. Usually for the younger girls, like in December, we did a sleepover for the younger girls. And then our separate girl event was on Friday the 13th and they did a Nightmare Before Christmas themed activity and watched the movie and did Christmas crafts like that evolving Nightmare Before Christmas. How'd you guys find Girl Scouts? My ex-husband actually had his wife at the time sign her up. And then when I started attending meetings, I stepped in and I started doing a lot more because I started reading more about Girl Scouts and I believe in their mission. I believe in what Girl Scouts is trying to accomplish. We want to create the future leaders, empower women to be stronger and follow their dreams. A lot of great women in our society were once Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts creates leaders. So what is one of your proudest moments as a troop leader? Honestly, uh, working with my girls to uh, earn their bronze award, it was hard to step back and let them, um, I mean, because this was our first service unit event that we hosted, and it was a big deal. Our service unit goes all out for World Thinking Day. That year, we had uh, 19 troops participate, 26 countries represented, I believe, because some of our troops are big enough to do two. And um, we had a huge turnout, almost 200 people. 
even though we had flooding that morning, like serious flooding in our area and the flu was hit really hard, you know, February. So, um, but I was really proud watching six girls because I had six of them that actually did it, plan everything, read the guidelines from WAGS and create their own events, their games, their activities for their girls to do what they wanted to donate to. They, um, they researched the, uh, with WAGS, um, the funding for where they send their money, donated all the extra proceeds from the event to the WAGS Foundation. Um, they actually held a little voting table and let the girls vote on which donation to program. I honestly can't remember which one it was, but <laughs> that was a couple of years ago. But my proudest moment was stepping back and watching these girls take that leadership role and work and put in the hours needed because they put in a lot of hours. I had one of my little girls create um, dance through the ages to connect. And she researched all kinds of different dances over the years and choreographed her own dance to teach all the girls. My daughter learned uh, public speaking because she went to the service unit meetings, which we hold once a month, and talked to the other leaders about what was going on updated them on everything that they were planning and gave all the updates. My daughter was so shy when she started, she barely spoke. So just getting to watch these girls grow and develop and the hard work they put in to achieve what they want. Stepping back and letting girls lead is such an exercise in a whole different kind of leadership for us as adults. Um, Related to that, Girl Scouts is obviously to help girls grow, but in addition, it helps adults grow too. And that's a big reason why I actually do this podcast for adult volunteers, because I feel that sometimes Girl Scouts and our involvement in Girl Scouts impacts us just as much, if not more, than it does the girls. So what is a way that you've been impacted or changed through your experience as a troop leader? I'm very obsessive, and I like to be hands-on and controlling, and I've had to actually grow and learn to step back and just let things go when it's time for the girls to step up. Like I said, there was things I would have done differently myself if I had been leading thinking day, but I've grown enough to uh, let the girls step in. I've learned to kind of let go of things that I cannot control, which has been hard. Not everything goes perfect. Meetings end up chaotic. Girls like to talk a lot. What is one of the craziest or silliest Girl Scout memories you have? The first year my girls did our service unit encampment at uh, Tenasi. I didn't get to go. I had just had the baby. She was only a couple months old, and I get pictures sent of my daughter carrying around a pack of cookies the entire weekend, even sleeping with that pack of cookies. <laughs> that is probably one of the things that I will never forget. And we've never let her live that down. She is known as Cookie Monster because she carries around cookies. What is one of the coolest adventures or experiences you've done with your troop? Getting to go with them to Tanasi last year um, for our encampment was one of the greatest things ever. It was the first year I got to go because, like I said, I keep having kids. (laughs) The actual coolest thing was spending all weekend with them in a little cabin and working on, I think we ended up completing six or seven badges that weekend which was a lot, but they were very coinciding. I mean, outdoor art and, you know, just things that work together, the outdoor badges. And so the coolest thing was actually getting to spend the weekend, getting to see them together, how they interact. Because we do have issues in our trip sometimes with girls having conflict, but just getting to spend the weekend with them, kind of almost in their environment, you know, listening to them giggle at nighttime when they're telling stories and around the campfire, kind of, you know, s'mores with the girls, you know. Okay, what's been your biggest challenge as a troop leader? 
Honestly, I find planning everything for everyone stressful and hard. Some weeks, I don't get it planned in time. Um, and so I'm kind of winging it at the meeting, trying to make sure I have um, activities for them to do where they're just not sitting there chatting. But some weeks, it j I just can't. And I just let them have a free week to do whatever. Because we meet every week. We have heard that we're not allowed to do anything until July 1st, but they're updating and evaluating in our area to see. It's hard making sure I get everything planned for every meeting because, like I said, I do have great parents that do step up, especially during cookie season, you know. Several of my parents worked over 20 booths this year, even though we canceled 12 of our booths. So my hardest thing is just making sure that I have planned and I feel like the girls are accomplishing what they want to accomplish. Other than uh, obviously influencing your cookie season, how have... How has COVID-19 and the social distancing guidelines impacted your troop activities? And have you been able to stay in touch? Um, and what does that look like for you? Well, I email, text, and call the parents regularly, at least a couple times a month to check in. We've hosted Zoom meetings every Tuesday at our normal meeting time. But I usually only have one other girl hop on. Honestly, only two of the girls have a phone. We've been trying to meet during Zoom Basically, all that is is a chance for the girls to talk about what they're doing, what they're doing at home. Luckily, our our, count, our our service unit has a pretty big day camp that we invite troops from other councils to attend. I mean, other, uh, not councils, but um, close service units to attend. Some of the girls from another service unit right, up, right down the road attend. They've just started what we call not spring brook day camp, which the parents picked up packets and they have the activities where the girls can earn their bat, uh, their patch with some rockers to go with it for the different activities. The girls are doing 11 different activities, which they're picking in a couple different things from each category. Most of my girls are participating in that. Actually, I think all my girls that I'm retaining are participating in that. So I've been checking in, seeing if they have what they need and if they're doing okay. I talk to the parents regularly. Like I said, most of my girls don't have a phone. I've uh, actually had them individually over over to check in make sure everyone's still doing okay it's just it, it's been extremely difficult my girls miss the camaraderie they miss seeing each other in person they're best friends particularly my daughter doesn't have a lot of friends at school girl scouts is where she has her friends and they it's been extremely difficult on her not being able to um be with said friends think for a second about the moment let's go with the moment when you knew you were going to take over as the troop leader, you were about to launch as a troop leader for the first time. If you could talk to that version of yourself now, what would you tell yourself? Don't stress so much. Don't be scared. You can do this. It's not as hard as it seems. And that's what I tell all new troop leaders that I talk to. It's overwhelming. It seems so difficult. It's not that hard. Just make the experience fun for the girls. Talk to them. Learn what they want to do. Let them have input. It, it's not as scary as it seems. You have help. There are others there to support you. And what advice would you give someone who's considering whether they want to volunteer for Girl Scouts, whether they want to take that on? If you have the capability and the, it, I don't want to stay in the time because none of us have time, honestly. Nobody has time for this. There's a lot of work. Do it. Just take that step and do it. You are creating wonderful things for these girls that you can't even possibly imagine you're creating an experience like none other there is nothing like girl scouts out there it is a one-of-a-kind thing that teaches these girls to grow and develop and become confident beautiful people what is one of your favorite or a couple of your go-to resources that you use to run your troop okay we have an app that we use we use the band app because it's a great way for my parents to communicate um 
I have several parents who don't use Facebook. So that's kind of out of the question for us. They just don't want to be involved with it. They never have. So we've always used the band app, which I cannot live without. It's the easiest way. Another thing I can't live without is Pinterest. There are so many ideas on Pinterest. It is so easy. And then personally, I do Facebook. So there's a lot of Facebook groups about Girl Scouts everywhere, including our council has its own Facebook group. And they have wonderful badge ideas, ways to work on badges. Councils all over the United States are doing great things virtually right now. And all you have to do is find your council or even other councils on Facebook and see what they're doing. And you can do great things with these girls. I've given the option of a bunch of stuff to my parents and whether their daughter chooses to do it or not is on them because I realized that these kids got burned out doing a lot of online schooling at the end of the year. Um, you know, they missed a quarter of their year doing online schooling. So I'm not forcing my girls to do anything, but I'm giving them the options of fun stuff they can do online. So my great, the greatest resources I have, like I said, are my band app. Is a, there's great communication all around, you know, calendars, chats, message board, all this great stuff. Pinterest, because I've planned so many meetings using Pinterest, Facebook groups, and other social media things, because you can learn so much from so many other people that are more experienced than you, or even less experienced than you, that have great ideas. Um, okay, the last question that I have for you is, um, what do you wish more people knew about Girl Scouts? Girl Scouts isn't just cookies. Everybody thinks that Oh, they just want money. They just want money. It's all cookies, cookies, cookies. Or, you know, even some people think there's a little bit of camping involved. Girl Scouts is so much more. We create girls of character. They get to do so many opportunities that these girls wouldn't have otherwise. A lot of my, my girls come from lower income. We aren't part of the richest part of the state. So there's a lot of low income. And so this provides them opportunities to do things that they probably wouldn't get to do otherwise. You know, Camp Tenasi, which is a beautiful Girl Scout camp, is wonderful. But there's so much more than just cookies and camp. They build lifelong friendships. These girls will be friends forever. I I've seen it. I've seen it from older people that have still are in contact with their troop. They learn so much. Our badge work isn't just cooking and all that stuff. There's so many opportunities. Computer sciences, cybersecurity. Outdoor, we have new outdoor adventure badges where the girls can do snow activities, like the cadets can do snowboarding or climbing, rock climbing. I mean, there's just so many wide ranges of activities these girls can learn and do that it's not just one small little thing that we are. I love it. I love it. Okay, did you have anything else you wanted to share? Any other stories that you wanted to tell before we hop off here today? I want to talk to the people who are considering Girl Scouts. If you're even considering it, just do it. Girl Scouts are wonderful. As a volunteer, it's been one of the greatest things. Almost all of my friends now are Girl Scout volunteers, other parents. That is my circle of friends now. I mean, yes, I still talk to a few best friends that I've had over the years, but my main circle are these other Girl Scout leaders. It is like a sisterhood. As you become a leader, you, you are in a sisterhood now. And I just, if anybody is considering Girl Scouts for their child, it is a wonderful opportunity that she will never get anywhere else. I love it all. Thank you so much for taking some time with me this morning. Yeah, I just appreciate you and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.